Okay, Jared, will you will you give me a little a little test audio? Test audio. Test audio. I hardly know audio. I knew audio when they were a little girl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only podcast that can't find Rudy. Where in the world is Rudy? Where in the world is Carmen Sanda Rudy? <laughs> I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Levine. Stephen, how are you doing today? I may have had a stroke. I feel like I have had a fever dream. I We just watched a movie. And as you know, this like you looked at the title of the episode and you're like, what is that? Correct. We just watched what some may call a movie. Yes, it's so the movie is called Honorable Men. It was pretty much a lost movie. I mean, there was a review written on IMDb back in 2008. Okay. But mostly it was found by Red Letter Media a couple years ago, I guess. Um, the reason why we picked this movie is because the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes says Rudy Bosch is in it. I could not find him anywhere. Yeah, so we watched an entire hour and 12 minute quote unquote movie. It was brutal. It was it, it was hard. I've seen a lot of bad movies. I pride myself on watching some really bad movies. I there was a point where we got like 15 minutes in where I was like I don't think I can do this. <laughs> Like, we were sitting there waiting and waiting until Rudy came on, and it just never happened. In my mind, I was like, may I just tell Steven to turn it off after Rudy comes on? And then he never appeared. So we have theories that we've speculated, but I want to save that to the end. Yes. Uh, I'm going to read off one of these reviews here real quick. Maybe, maybe a couple of them, actually. A movie that some called... Uh, there's nothing honorable about this movie. One out of ten. I can't believe anybody would even attempt to pass this crap <laughs> off as filmmaking, as it more closely resembles one man's obsession with dumping $110,000 down the toilet. There are definitely more honorable ways to spend money, such as funding a heroin addiction or indulging in hundreds and hundreds of lap dances. I don't even remember the film having a coherent plot, nor the actors being able to carry the movie past the opening frames. In fact, I wouldn't even dignify the actors' performances by using their names. The lead actor gives what can only be described as an affecting performance, and by that I mean he induces a coma. The lead actress is fairly easy on the eyes, but still manages to make you cringe with every line of dialogue or her deer-in-headlights facial expressions. Please watch at your own risk. Here's another one. <laughs> Honorable Sleaze, oh, a narc, no. yeah, a narc played by the writer and director of this film, gets involved in a love triangle between two barely legal girls in between shooting minorities and having uncomfortable spaghetti dinners with the fathers of his <laughs> high school-aged lovers. He calls all the friends of one of the girls a bunch of whores mm -hmm. and then gets shot and dies at the end. Mm -hmm. Somehow he is the good guy of the film, but at least <laughs> it has a happy ending. All right, so Jared, I think we need to talk about the movie as a whole. Let's get some broad strokes here. This, yes. So, so we saw this movie. It is available right now if you want to on YouTube. The whole thing. The whole thing. Or at least what we think is the whole thing. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But there there may be a scene edited out for legal reasons. <laughs> really, I wish the whole thing would be edited out for legal reasons. <laughs> 
So the the film uh, the channel on YouTube is called uh, Crap Film Club. Yeah, where you can find this. So I don't recommend you watch it. No, I we're, will re- we're we're doing this for you, and if you want to sub like subjugate yourself to this awful time that we did, Stephen, between this and the fucking game that we subject streamed, subject was the word. Yeah, we have to pick something good next time. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. We gotta At find something happy. At least enjoyable. Okay. Not just pulling teeth. This is supposed to be our break. This, this is supposed to be our respite. This is supposed to be a good, happy time where we sit and we goof at bad movies. <laughs> yeah. And we we dove into something that left me speechless. Multiple but, times. Multiple times, but I need to find the words for it because it needs to be talked about. It, you know, uh, okay, so um, th- so the very opening scene of the movie is a bunch of people getting out of a SWAT van. And my first question was, are these actors? Is this a movie? Is no. this, like, cops? No, those were... I looked. Remember I read it out in the credits. Those were specifically, like, an armed forces club. That shouldn't be a thing. I agree. An armed, they're just cosplaying as SWAT team. Correct. Okay, great. And then, so the opening scene in the movie, SWAT team, mind you, all white SWAT team, mm-hmm. comes up on a house that looks, it's a shitty rundown house with five to eight black people inside, kicks down the door, immediately starts shooting. Yeah. Immediately. There, there is. <laughs> we do not see a single armed non-cop in this scene. Yet somehow our hero does get shot because this is the scene that's at the beginning and the end of the movie. That is correct, yeah. But they don't announce themselves. They don't say police. They don't throw like a flashbang. It's just walk in and immediately start mowing people down. And I will say, that's the most realistic part of the movie. <laughs> I, You're right. At no point in this movie do the police announce themselves. This is a movie about a cop doing only like pretty much solely raids and being creepy toward young women and he does not announce himself as a cop once never except when he's talking about how uh girls should marry cops especially young girls should marry cops apparently so then it jumps back to a year earlier (laughs) so immediately we go back to this college uh where he is giving a lecture a guest lecture, I guess, and basically says, you know, I think the the real problem with our society is drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol are, are an epidemic. Steven, do you remember a single drug being named besides just overall just drugs? I have, There's one instance. I remember them saying the word crack once. Remember the same, okay, so two. That and they find a bag of cocaine at a party. Besides that, it is always just drugs. Yeah. Because they don't know. Because they don't know. Because the creators know it's not heroin. It's not a heroin epidemic. It's not a crack epidemic. It is. It's just. It's drugs and alcohol, which is legal. This movie was made by someone who was raised on Reaganomics and the war on drugs, and was like, "Yeah, I want to make that into a movie." So there are times, if we've, if you've ever been around very, very conservative people where you can't tell when they say things like drugs and crime, whether or not they know that that's a dog whistle for black people. Because it, it often is. Like, when, when, when very, very conservative people, or especially politicians, will go on about, like, 
crime in inner cities, it just is a way to be like, it's because black people are bad. But this movie kind of, it does that subtext for a little bit and then it gives up on it and just makes it text. Oh, you fully said, oh, they're just saying the, the quiet parts out loud multiple times. Multiple times. And that's, this is an all white cl- classroom he is telling this to. Yes. That also looks like a high school classroom. Yes. Insane. And then the two girls, who I'm just going to call Blonde and Brunette, because I did not get their names. I d- there's one that stuck out for the stupid reason that they really hammered home, but go ahead. I want oh, yeah, you Mandy to was the blonde one. Because she's saying Mandy by Barry Manilow. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like a good chorus and a half. Blonde and Brunette, who I guess are rivals on a sports team that is never talked about again. And... Yeah, we never actually figured out what sport that is. It they just said sport. It doesn't matter. They're women. They're not allowed to have personalities. Even. <laughs> They're only they are only vectors for our protagonist's lust. Yeah. So they both immediately start flirting with him. How come? How we are a minute and thirty seconds into the film. How uncomfortable are you already at this point? Immediately Steven? uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. Like, and I will say. That there is nothing wrong with an age gap. Like, you can have an age gap in your relationship. However... Well, but this is... And I'm not... Sorry, not to cut you off, though I did just cut you off. You're right. Uh, However, this is the guest presenter at their school. Yes. And it only gets worse from here. There... (laughs) He not only exclusively dates these college aged women when he is clearly in his 40s and his the, like the parents age of yes. these children and i'm going to say children here they they are they are children they are under 20 but he also establishes like the movie establishes and he establishes that he is in a position of authority over these women yes and it's so uncomfortable what is so weird about this movie is i think me and the movie agree on who cops are. <laughs> we just don't agree if that is right or wrong. That is probably true. There are there are like five times in this movie where people that are not cops talk about how well my friend or my boyfriend or whatever is a cop. He'll just he'll just beat the shit out of you and nobody can stop him. And they but they say that like that's a that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a she, cool thing. Mandy actively threatens another college-age kid. Like, my boyfriend will choke you out. He's a cop. And I'm like, huh? Oh, the cop probably wrote this. Oh, 100%. Oh, actually, I'm going to look up who wrote this while you're doing this. Uh, he was the same person who played the lead and was the director. So that... Is that actually true? Or do yes. You, is that I mean, it was said in the Red Letter Media video and in the review Heard. that was done in 2008. So I'm assuming yes. Got it. But you should look up if he has, like, a previous history or look him up online because that would be pretty funny. Yeah, so we've already had uh, two instances of racism, grooming, and copaganda, and we're six minutes into the film. Um, as I believe that this scene, though it's hard because there's not an actual storyline. Things just happen. Uh, I think at this point they had they had busted the drug deal where they shot at people and then the cop the cop's partner came back because he heard gunshots and he started chasing a guy that had no inclination that he had done anything wrong actually he had just been robbed yeah 
but they chased him down because <laughs> he was the wrong color, so he is a criminal. Okay, now's a good time to talk about it, Jared, since you, you brought that up. How many people of color were non-criminals in this movie? One. There was one cop in one scene in the police station that is a person of color and is a cop. So he's still a criminal, but he's, you know, a legal criminal. Technically, there was a second one who we never saw her face, but it was the person who snitched that uh, this person selling drugs to these teens and one of the teens is... Your girlfriend. Bum, bum, bum. That is... Yes. Okay. Oh, fine. That That's one, it. One and a half. That's it. And there was a lot of people in this movie. There's also a lot more people in this movie than there needs to be. That is true. That's something that jumped out to me. There is a lot of young women roles that are there for a single scene and then disappear into the ether. And I don't really like how much this young act... Or how much this actor likes being surrounded by young women. Exclusively. That's fair. <laughs> That's the majority of the roles in this film that he's decided to write for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they break up this drug deal. It's like a suburban neighborhood. And dude just, like, pulls out a gun casually on a guy and robs him. Yeah. Just, hey, excuse me. Here's my gun. They also gave the big bad guy the name Tyrone, if you really want to know exactly what they yeah. think about people. Uh, oh, and the running cam here gave me nausea. They don't have a, they don't have anything to steady the camera while they're running and doing the scene. It's awful. It's the sound mixing, the mumbling is so bad. You can't understand anything that they're saying half the time. Yeah, I. <laughs> he really just like. Hey Joe, what are we gonna do today? I'm gonna take him down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go rob. I'm gonna stop him. You're doing a bit, but that is like. 10 times more intelligible than what we watched. Yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to get real good. Okay. And then we have the first cuz up until this point, right, with the young girls hitting on him, there's a different story that could be told here. There could be the story of like him rejecting their advances and whatever. No. no, this, no, no. Now we have this scene of him and the blonde girl where she invites him over for dinner and he goes, well, what What about your dad? Yeah, I'm, I'm too old for you. What'll he think? Yeah, what'll he think? Not, not, I'm too old for you, so we shouldn't do this. No, no, no. I'm too old for you. We'll get in trouble with your dad. What will society think? What does she respond to with this, Stephen? I don't remember. Please tell oh, me. Oh, it's seared in my mind forever. Okay, go on. He won't mind. You're a cop. That is correct. Oh, man. Oh. You know what? Being a cop really excuses you from every other crime that you are presenting in this situation. Apparently. <laughs> so then we go have dinner with the dad in the trailer park. Mm-hmm. And it, I, she lives with her dad, it seems like. Um, they have like dinner together. And both her dad and our lead man, not our hero, but our lead man, both served in Vietnam. Yeah. Which... Okay, so just doing the math real quick. This movie takes place in the late 90s. Yeah, it said 1998. Sure. Okay. Vietnam ended, what, 1972? Looking it up. That's, if that's true, which you look that up, that's 16 years ago. 1975. 1975. Okay, so that's 13 years ago. So the absolute youngest this person could be would be like 34. Because, like, 
you you probably weren't there for like a month. Like if you got drafted or enlisted when you were 18, went over there because he says he went over there and served. And like he talks about how being in Vietnam was better than being a cop, which weird, weird thing to say. I take it back. The last U.S. combat troop left South Vietnam in 1973. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then the youngest he can be is like 35, 36. And these women are between the ages of 18 and 21. Huh. Um, Can we also talk about... I, I'm sorry to interrupt your no, thought process No, no, please. Here. Can we also talk about the not only the racism that is like... The racism is super there and apparent. It's load-bearing. It's so much of the movie that I was unbelievably uncomfortable. But also the classism that they throw into this. Yeah. Because the girl who... They hit us over the head that she struggles with alcohol abuse. She's getting sold drugs. Lives in the trailer park. Yep. Oh, I didn't miss that. And yeah. The yep. gr- the other girl who he, I don't know, has a thing with, and there is for no reason like they break up. I honestly could not tell you why he broke up with the second girl. We'll get there. She is like supposed to be the perfect one, and she lives in a house with a fireplace that she sits by and I'm trained to be a physical therapist trained to be a physical therapist yeah yeah and we also get some really uncomfortable scenes of her as like a child oh oh we're gonna get there <laughs> oh buddy are we yeah um yeah yeah this whole thing feels like a fox news fever dream um i short down every minority in this is a criminal None of the cuts between scenes make sense. No. They just hard cut what seems like in the middle of conversations to irrelevant, like, things that we don't know. I don't know over what period of time this movie's supposed to take place. I mean, I guess a year, but, like, what? Yeah, it feels like someone was literally, hey, take this footage from, like, one of those old-timey big footage wheels. They, like, took it off snipped it off and then just like glued the next part on there it also we we talked about this about a little over halfway through the movie and it it isn't overt but i think it is there which is this constant message that keeps popping up of like but what if we just killed all the criminals no 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 no, no, i'm just kidding we can't do that but what if we did but 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 what if we did and this is the first time it pops up is the like Oh yeah, I was back in Vietnam when I could actually take things in my own hands instead of instead of just like busting kids with pot. Like Yeah. It, yeah. And the movie also insinuates that, hey, if we don't kill them, they're just gonna kill each other. Because we watched someone go t- lean out of a car window oh my God. like a, a, a Subaru car window. With a full-on hunting rifle, sniper <laughs> rifle. He does a drive-by with a 50 cal sniper rifle. And <laughs> we're just doing that in broad daylight. And if you're thinking, wow, that would be incredibly violent. Not in this movie. It's what? just like a little, like, it looks like he got shot with a pea shooter. But meanwhile, it's so stupid. The car's moving like three miles an yeah. hour. The guy leans out the window with a fucking, like... Full on like hunting sniper rifle yeah. to shoot a guy three feet from him. It, it's honestly hang that in the Smithsonian. Put that scene in the Smithsonian. I am not a gun fanatic, but I was raised around like hunting rifles. 
That would be so unbelievably impractical. I No, I don't think you need to have any experience with guns to know how fucking stupid that looks. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think we could plop down somebody who's never even seen a gun in their life and they'd go what the fuck was that if you even so like even tried to look down the scope of that you'd be like I, I can't it's there's I just see like blurs there's yeah. nothing there why would you who thought this was a good idea yeah it's at this point that I started writing down Events that I wrote down, like, things by scene. So, like, often a little peek behind the curtain. Ooh. Both in our Survivor episodes and our bonus episodes, we try, like, we we go along linearly in the structure of the episode and in the storytelling because it's easy enough to follow our own notes. Like, we don't need to write out beat by beat what happened because our notes will tell the story. We watched it. This this movie has, I, I, I needed to get across how random it is because it sounds like we're jumping around. But we're not. Here are the events in order. <laughs> Give it to me. Raid. One year earlier. Dates. Uh, or uh, f- flirting with students. Drug deals. Meet dad. Church. A robbery at the gas station. Go to the pharmacy to buy a bear. Leave it at your underage girlfriend's house. Oh, yeah. A girl in another trailer gets held hostage next. That's a thing that happens. It is a different girl, I confirmed. Is it? Okay. Yep. She, Mandy sings a song at him. She has a phone call with him in her underwear. They have a date on a boat. Guy gets shot with a sniper rifle. <laughs> S- somebody snitches. Uh, oh, she calls him and says, I need to date somebody my own age. So they break up. But then the next scene, they get back together. And then there's a murder. It just jumps right from that phone call to getting back together to... A murder scene, like the the crime scene of a murder, mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, another phone call about how she wants to have sex with him. A bath scene. The makeout sex scene that lasts way too long. Oh, now there's a brunette girl talking to herself in the bathroom mirror. Yeah. There's a party with a snitch. The blonde girl uh, dumps him because he crashed her party with the cops. Which I mean, I, I get it. So he decides to flirt with the brunette girl. Now he's dating the brunette girl. Like. That I stopped at that point because I was like, I'm. I feel like I'm staring into the, in, into a fucking like mirror of madness. I like to have a through line. I like to have a reason for us to be doing this. Like, hey, we're telling a story to this audience of podcast listeners. Of this is why we're doing this. I don't know why we're doing this, Jared. Rudy didn't even show up. There is. There was. Yeah, that was the big thing. Is we kept waiting and waiting for Rudy. And he just never showed up. And what I'm thinking, and correct me if you think that I'm wrong here, is there was a post-mortem scene at the end of this movie where Rudy, as a military person, comes in and says, and that's why you don't do drugs, kids. There has to have been something like that. What Stephen and I hypothesized, because you cannot find fuck all online, (laughs) is that... Rudy was in it because he's credited on IMDb. He's credited on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't see him in the credits of the actual movie, though. He wasn't in the uh, credits of the movie. And his he saw the movie and asked for them to remove him. Like, either before it went to DVD or maybe after in, like, any digital or whatever. Because there's, uh, there's no other explanation. I don't think... People don't usually get put on IMDb for things that they didn't do. He... I and mean, this one was even, I think one of our listeners even wrote into us about yeah. this one. 
it was definitely like a known thing that Rudy was a part of this in some way or means, but he's self-credited, so he couldn't have been a character in this movie. I don't know like if he was a uh what do you call it where you bring someone in for their advice oh uh um not a collaborator uh that makes it sound like a crime <laughs> really a consultant cool. consultant consultant yeah brought him in as a consultant for raids i don't know maybe maybe but i i don't i don't know i don't know why he's a part of this it he lives in the area that this was filmed so yeah. Maybe he knows who these people are. Uh, for your record, he this is the only thing he directed that the the main guy, his name is Garrett Stewart Sayer. Okay. Do you, they said the character's name like twice throughout the whole movie? Oh fuck! His name is Ryan. Ryan, that's right. Want to take a wild guess what his last name is? It's Smith. Of course it fucking Ryan is. Ryan Smith. Hold on. These are the... Th this man's so boring, he named his own star character Ryan Smith. These are the two characters he's played. Ryan Smith, Jim Stone. Uh, the name Jim Stone kind of slaps, though. <laughs> so, And he acted in this movie. He acted in Rampage. And the third movie, The Satan Killer. Yeah, so... I think Red Letter Media mentioned that that is his brother's movie, The Satan Killer. Hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we got to get through this. Um, I don't know what else you want to talk about on this. Like, oh, no, I, I still have notes and notes for days. Oh, We're God. still going to go into some of the more problematic scenes. Sure, why not? Uh, so jumping back uh, after the drive-by, and yeah, the breakup scene is because Mandy's like, don't kiss me. Or this is the first like pseudo breakup scene. Like, don't kiss me. You're too old. You can't do that anymore. And his response, total great game here, my guy, ultimate Riz, is, I respect your dad. <laughs> Yikes. Not even I respect you. I respect your dad. Yeah, this whole movie feels like a cold read by people who just have never acted before in their life. Yeah. Like it, I said, someone just took a look at the script, said, okay, no, go act it. For people who don't know how to act. Yep. We did get one moment of uh, when she picks up the phone, although maybe she made the call, but she already had the phone in her hand. Very confusing. She looks right into the camera for <laughs> a good, like, solid second, right into our our soul at home. Mm. And then... And then... Well, no, and then she answers and says, hello? After she was holding the, the phone for three or four seconds, there was no ring. There was no nothing. Why have you upset me so? Don't ask questions, Steven. Um, and then we get one of the longest makeout scenes I have seen in a movie at all. It was uncomfortable. And it was very uncomfortable, especially because that is probably just like a 19-year-old. And this is a, a man who spent $110,000 to make a movie so he can make out with a 19-year-old. Where did you find allegedly. that number? What? Where did you find that number? That was in one of the reviews. Oh, said. really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. All Allegedly. Um, cover my ass there. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, and like this this man, first of all, he sucks on our face like a fish. <laughs> he, he's so boring. You know he only does missionary. Like oh God. nothing else. And then there's a party. And this scene. This is saying the quiet part out loud in a way I did not think was possible. Give it to me, Jared. I want you to tell this one. Do you have the notes? I don't think I took the good enough notes on this one because 
You know what scene I'm talking about, though. I, I'm pretty sure, but let me make sure I have it here. So we're going to clean up the streets. Is that one it? No. Okay, I'll, I'll just... Go ahead. So... They're doing a uh, like a debrief for this raid on this party, and it's like, oh, there's there's drugs there. There's there's kids as young as fourteen. There it is. And goes, and and this is a white middle class neighborhood. That is said verbatim. Yeah, the, this is the white upper class area. Oh, of upper our class area town. What? Wh- what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, first of all, the idea that like white upper class people don't do drugs is hilarious. They just Wait, don't get in trouble for doing drugs. Correct. That is that is comical. That's so funny to me that we that like this person still believes that in 2004. You what? You're just basically saying, "Oh, this is wh- what the subtext of that is is oh no, but this time the drugs are act- affecting actual people." Is like how it is said. It, it truly is. St- Steven, our jaws were agape. The amount of just absolute nonsense that they throw out is baffling but also the amount of not caring for people of color hurts my soul like they just they're not only are they second class citizens in this movie they are not people no 100 percent. they 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 treat them like animals it's upsetting yeah to like how could how could anyone look at this and say that this is okay I'm glad we didn't give it any money. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. Uh, and like all of the parties that are supposed to be like these, like they have like three parties, I think throughout where it's supposed to be like, Oh, the drug fuel parties. They all just kind of look like kind of lame college parties. Like none of them look like clearly this person has never been invited to an actual party in their life because no. they, it's just like a few people standing around chatting while drinking beer. Yeah. The one scene where our first, female love interest Mandy is supposed to be like so intoxicated that she needs hospitalization she just starts out and is like just standing there like, yeah Mandy you need to slow down she has a light beer in her hand Mandy whoa be careful that's Man- too much Mandy you've had two bud lights and then she kind of gets like loopy and I'm like okay there's the acting that should have been in the first part and then she's just on the ground like, ow, I hurt yeah. my stomach. As if she's about to give birth to the alien from Alien, like right out of her chest. Girl has also not been drunk. Correct. Because I, one, she's very cognizant of the fact that she is unbelievably in pain. Two, how are you unbelievably in pain from drinking alcohol? Yeah, that's not how that works. It's not how that works. Like, you can absolutely die and be seriously injured with drinking too much alcohol, but usually it's because your body is shutting down and can't handle it. Yeah, you're getting sick. You're not, like, she acts like as if she's been stabbed or is about to give birth. Yeah, it's like her her stomach has exploded. And after this, she is, ate too many hot dogs and cannot yes. stop. Like, oh, I need my stomach pumped. But that is later in the film, uh, just to keep us on track with where we're at. Sure, the people care, I, Steven. Jared, Jared, what what kind of through line is there? Here? That's fair. There's it's, nothing. The only thing to know is that this is after, like, okay, so after this first party is broken up is when the the breakup I mentioned earlier happens, and then I wrote down a quote that made me vomit in my mouth. Is it the Playboy one? No. Okay. 
No. It's it's her talking. It's the brunette girl who her dad is a cop. So she has known our main character for a long time. And he says something along the lines of, I remember you in braids and braces. <sighs> Holy shit. This movie goes grooming? Good, maybe? Yeah. How about that? How about that? It just It's just love. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's very upsetting. This is some youth pastor falls in love with girl who is probably too young so i have to wait but it's okay because god said so you know you know all it tells me when a company pays minimum wage or a, a guy only dates 18 year olds what they'd go lower if they could I think I just killed Steven. Um, and then we get some girl-on-girl slut-shaming violence and cattiness. Um, but the next thing to point out is we have a shot of the brunette girl having, like, nightmares or something. Or, like, she's, like, wrestling with the decision of whether or not to date her dad's friend. Um, and then she rolls over and she's, like, this, the first shot is, like, her laying on her stomach in bed. And you can see her bare back. Yeah. And then she rolls over, and I don't think it's supposed to be in there, but there is definitely full frontal nudity for, like, a good second. I'm pretty sure that she was not aware that camera was rolling. And Possibly. If it was, then she was told, no, no, don't worry, that's not, we're going to cover it up. And they partially obscure it, but there's de- you can definitely see bare chest in that shot. Yeah, we were trying to figure out if that was if that was real, and it took us like what one attempt to pause on it and be like, oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, Just well, right there. In those situations, like I I see some films like oh okay, it's it's implied nudity. Like there yeah. are some there are like pasties or some like nude colored bandages that will cover up what they really don't want you to see and if it does happen to get in the shot then you're like oh okay it's not actual nudity but no they're just like oh oh my my god this child is naked this man needed to see naked barely legal women as much as possible it's horrible this This is this this is the thailand of bonus episodes (laughs) 100 percent. except i'm actually having fun ripping it to shreds uh, a little bit, at least. Uh, we go into a bit about how sh- how the brunette girl only believes in physical therapy and holistic medicine, to which... Uh, I don't know what the purpose of that was. I don't know. Me neither. Uh, character development, I guess? Was it just to like show that she wasn't a good fit for him? Like, Maybe? Oh, you believe in like this pretty out there stuff. Steven, I think you are putting more thought into that right now than they did at all. I am trying to find anything in this movie. <laughs> and then we get a scene of the professor reading the speech in Julius Caesar about how Brutus is an honorable man. Which, okay, I want to talk about for a second. Because this is fascinating to me. Because the whole... so. The premise, the whole, uh, not premise, the whole argument of the movie is talk about the end of, like, well, who's here for the heroes? Like, if if all cops, if these cops are heroes, and, like, but, like, the world's against them. And 
that's the message that can only be told by somebody who can look at the speech in Julius Caesar and not realize that, uh, oh, what's the character's name? Um, help me, Steven. I don't know. I don't know Julius Caesar. Okay. So the speech that they are doing in class, which by the way, the professor seems like he's being held at gunpoint for this entire scene. He does. Or is, just the whole movie. Yeah, really the whole movie. Is a speech of Mark Antony talking to the people of Rome and being like, basically, Brutus uh, Brutus said this, Brutus said this. I, I don't agree with him, but Brutus is an honorable man. It's Mark Antony riling up the crowd to go against Brutus and the conspirators to kill them or to attempt to kill them and plunge Rome into a civil war. That is negative media literacy to try to do that at face value. To be like, like I think at one point one of the characters goes, well, there's not that many honorable men around anymore. That is the, literally Mark, that whole speech, if you just read it once, is Mark Antony being like, Brutus, kind of a piece of shit, guys. Eh? Like, it is a play about backstabbing. Yeah. Wait, what, what are we doing? How are you taking that at face value? Insane. Oh, Jared. I, I, I'm running out of things to say about this movie. So I know, I know. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush to the end. Um, yeah, this is a movie written by and for Mormons, I've decided, uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> apparently, the professor and the cop are friends. He says that, like, he, the cop says, like, back when you taught me, but that, but, like, the cop is clearly, like, 20 years older than the professor. The cop is actually, is very much older than the professor. Yeah, but not, not in this movie, he's not. Um, and then the professor has, it really, I just want to highlight how bad the grooming is. The professor says something along the lines of, like, she wrote a, a letter about you or a project about you when she was a freshman. She didn't know that we were friends, and it talked about how much she's in love with you. Fucking alarm bells. But didn't we establish that they just met when he did the the speech to the class? No, no. Because we have this, we have a flashback scene, might as well go to this, of the actress being the same age with, with braids and glasses, not looking any younger, where it's supposed to be her as a kid having dinner with her dad, the cop, and her boy, her future boyfriend, oh, the cop. I was thinking the other one because he definitely gives the other one her number or his number in a weird exchange that is very uncomfortable. Yes, well, yeah, that's most of the exchanges. Um, then we have a scene where they raid a bar, I guess, and the cop like just starts feeling up a waitress. Yeah, he uh, once again does not announce himself. He's just like, I just starts feeling up her legs and the bartender understandably comes around the corner like, what are you doing? And then he gets tackled to the ground. Well, you see, Steven, he was a person of color. <laughs> see, th what's so bizarre is that, I, like I said earlier, this is shit I would expect from cops. I don't like cops. But like somebody who likes cops did like made those points. Like none of this is... I. I'm phrasing it in such a way that you could be like, well, Jared, you're missing the point. It Maybe it's supposed to be ironic. It is not. It doesn't seem like it. It is not supposed to be ironic. Or they're just like so blind to the the things that they're doing that they made a movie and they're like, 
What, what do you mean? This movie's great. Really bad music. Um, oh, this is just a PSA. Because there's a couple of interrogation scenes in this movie. Never talk to fucking cops. They're not there to help you. They're there to put somebody in prison. Mm-hmm. Do not talk to the cops without a lawyer present. Listen to your lawyers. All right. Moving on. Um, well, we skipped over the, the one scene where she was like, I'm thinking about modeling for Playboy. Oh, yeah, I did. That's true. Yeah. The the brunette was like, I'm going to model for Playboy. And the, the our hero is like, yeah, you should do that. And I don't know. That's the one time I was like, wow, it's weirdly sex positive yeah. of you. <laughs> and the, the girl's like, yeah, even my dad thinks it's a good idea. It's weird. It was very weird. It's very weird. Like, listen, I've, I think it's been well established on the show. Sex work is work. You know, if you if you pay your bills with OnlyFans, like, good for you. Um, I support you, and uh, I would, too, if I could, frankly. Um, but I wouldn't tell my dad about it. <laughs> the cop says, you've certainly got what it takes. I don't... I don't... I... Even, once again, the conversation the, with the power dynamic that he is one a cop, two of twice her age yeah. is so uncomfortable. There, this movie is the best argument for why AI should be allowed to write and make films. No, we don't support that. Oh no, I don't support it at all. But if this was the quality of the average movie, I would support it. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not. You had mentioned the the sound and the music that plays throughout this movie. I was noticing a theme that they just straight up used like 90s JRPG music in their transitionary theme. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> I was like, why does this sound vaguely familiar? It's, it sounds like they just used video game music. Oh, no. And not even effectively. They just used it because they could. Oh my god. And then Brunette Girl breaks up with him because she loves him. I... I, I guess what? I guess it was supposed to be that she sees that he doesn't love her and that he's still in love with the blonde girl, and so she gives up on chasing him, which, again, shows a level of emotional maturity that um, at 19 or 20 is impressive, but this, and so I guess, okay, fine, um, but the 50-year-old can't figure that out, so that's cool. That's good. Um, and then he... Oh, then we have two trials for each of the raids, neither of which has a jury present. Uh, the judge just decides what happens. Bench trials are a thing, not in criminal cases, especially not when there's 20 fucking years on the line. Cannot imagine that's how that goes. Uh, I do love the tactic of the defense attorney, though. The first one, for wild reasons, through a, a jurisdiction loophole, he's like, yeah, uh, you're completely free, innocent of all charges. Which once again is that is that message popping again of like, so maybe we should kill them all, and then goes no, no, we can't. But what if? But, but what if we but, could? But, no. And then the second time, the defense attorney is like, I vote we dismiss all charges on because he didn't prove that he had it on him. Yeah, you didn't prove that there were drugs. You say that like that's not what they have to do. I'm. His argument was so full of fallacies, but when I say it like that, it sounds like <laughs> it makes sense. 
That I I thought both of them were gonna get off on on technicalities, yeah, and then it was gonna be like, all right, so we just shoot them all, I guess, which did feel like it was kind of what it was going towards. <laughs> um, and then he has a tirade, a temper tantrum is what I actually call it. Um, where he explains to his cop buddies, one of which might be the dad of the girl that he's been sleeping with, about how all women are good for is sex. If you if you use them for more than sex, they just they leave all logic behind. It's all emotion. So only use women for sex. This is the hero of our movie. I'm sad, Jared. Yeah. This movie makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there are people there are people that would look at that and go, Yep, I agree with them. But not very many, thankfully, and hopefully less by the day. Um, oh yeah, and then we have a we have a scene where he goes to like babysit the blonde girl. Yeah, and like no, the dad like encourages him. He's like, I don't know if I should be here. He's like, No, I think you should be here. The fact that you're a cop is the whole reason why I think you should be watching over this unconscious girl that you used to date. And so you're just gonna so kiss her on the face while she's sleeping and tell her that you love her. No, 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 no. And then they're back together. <laughs> yeah, for how long, Jared? Until uh, he gets shot, I think. Yeah. And then, like, literally the next scene is... Well, no. The next scene is him, like, going to eat her out on the beach. Oh, yeah. That's that... a really long, uncomfortable scene, too. Yeah. She goes, like, you can kiss me wherever you want. And, like, they make out and go down to the sand because also he lives on the beach, I guess. And there's a lot of houses in the background. <laughs> but he just, like, keeps kissing down her body. And then the panning kind of takes us away to lead us to believe that he's just between the legs. He's just going He's just going to town on the beach. Which, I mean, good in, for him. But also... Bad for his in, neighbors. <laughs> you're in public. Baby, don't. Bad for his neighbors. Ple- pleads your partners, but also like, oh man, not on a public beach. <laughs> and uh, then we get the shot of uh, the black people that will be dying in the raid that we saw at the beginning, and then here soon, um, they all drink out of goblets, and they have an, like an African-looking spear and shield behind them. So that's cool. Love that. Doesn't give me the ick at all. Um. And then he gets shot in the side. It just looks like a big lesion. Doesn't even look like a gunshot wound. Also, he had a bulletproof vest on. Yeah, somehow he gets shot in the side through a bulletproof vest, and then he dies of complications from surgery. Like, he was shot in the side here. Yeah. There is no organ shot here that will kill you. Like, you might lose a kidney. Yeah, sure. But you're not going to die from that. Yeah, my my new well, I'd call it a fan theory, but I'm not a fan of this movie. Um, my new my new head canon uh, is that the the surgeon was like, "This guy's a fucking creep. We you need know, to give him some sepsis." What's uh? What if I just forgot to wash my hands? I'm supposed to do no harm, but this is the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> e. Yeah. Steven, do you have our full list of bonus episodes? I do. Bonus content? Unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, I can tell you pretty safely where this is going to go. But what is our order of our bonus content, Steven? Yeah. So as of right now, our top, I'll just run it down. Number one, our Game Changers episode, Survivor. Two, Top Shot that Colby hosted. Three, The Mercenary for the rumble in the jungle featuring our two <laughs> survivor thailand contestants 
five gone <laughs> jared's favorite movie ever it's really good and six castaway island survivor castaway island Ooh. <laughs> actually does is this worse than castaway island yes wow i think it is wow because castaway island there are redeemable things about it there are, are like there? there are mini games that you're like okay that was a mini game i see what you were going for there you know what i'll say you know what i i don't think there's anything good about castaway island but castaway island did not try to convince me that grooming is good actually yeah castaway island didn't say hey look at these crimes and look at this thing that i enjoy called racism this is me as the the, the movie I'm gonna talking clip that please don't <laughs> this is me as the movie talking like this is me forcing dynamics about people that are wrong into your face and leading you to believe leading all of the 60 year old white ladies in rural everywhere to believe that black people just commit crimes that's all they do the thing i will say not in this movie's credit there is no credit to be given the way the movie could be watchable is if it had a better through line or one at all um and like better transitions between scenes and it leaned into it harder like if it if the if the plot of the movie was just hey maybe we should just kill every drug dealer it would be so comically evil that it would loop around to being almost parody but it is all played so deadly and boringly serious they needed to stop pretending that this guy was the good guy or yeah. a good guy because the whole title honorable men like leads us to believe that this guy is doing the right thing the entire time and he's not yeah we we get that scene i i kind of brushed over it. we didn't talk about it but like he has a talk with his professor that's younger than him i guess uh about uh a, another cop in the city or in a nearby city that like went into a building that was on fire and like his it was so hot that like his badge burned his skin and his lungs were so fucked up he had to retire and then his wife or his fiance ended up not marrying him because she didn't want to marry an invalid and blah blah i'm like well who's there for the heroes um first of all i have strong opinions on this and i know not everyone agrees with me i don't think cops are heroes uh and like you also doing a job doesn't make you a hero um and also cops are bad at their job you know what jared hold on I disagree. I think the person who makes my sandwich, hero. More of a hero than a cop. Absolute fucking hero. <laughs> the guy who... You know, I, what, you know what the guy who's married sandwich has ever done? Killed a dog for no reason. The person who bought me a piece of pizza when I very clearly had the money to buy a piece of pizza. And I was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. He's like, no, I insist. Hero. Motherfucking hero. More of a hero than a cop. <laughs> So, that was Honorable Men. Yeah, it's at the bottom of my list. Yeah, right? It's yeah. all the way at the bottom, yeah. so enjoy that. Don't watch it, or do. I. The only... Th the actors are so uncharismatic that, honestly, it's a little hard to get through. Like, it doesn't even have the comedy value of being awful. It, it truly it baffled me the whole way through that, one, we were supposed to gleam anything from how they were acting... And two, someone made this. Yeah. Someone took the time. Think think about all the steps that had to be done. Uh -huh. Like, this person had to presumably fundraise. I don't know. Maybe they were born really wealthy. But, okay, maybe they skipped that step. 
had to sit down and write it all. Mm -hmm. Had to talk to people to run the cameras. Had to hire crew of some sort. Had to audition actors. Had to hire actors. Had to hire an editor. Had to work with that editor to put the movie together. And then had to watch the movie. And at none of those steps did they go, hey, maybe this isn't very good. No one at any point stopped them and said, hey, can we fix some things here? Like all of it. Let's just fix the whole thing. Maybe we should just not put this out. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, if I was getting, if I was getting paid... Uh, I wouldn't be on camera. I wouldn't be paid to be on camera for that. But if they were like, you know, whatever. If someone's like, "Hey, I need you to run sound on this for a thousand dollars for this week," I'd be like, "All right, okay, I'll hold, I'll the boom mic for a thousand dollars on a movie I fucking hate." You know it, <laughs> Jared. What's the moral of this story? We all can agree on what cops actually do. Mm, mm. We just can't agree on whether it's good or bad. Mm. This movie, this movie is what I believe cops to be. I agree with this creator. Okay. I just don't think those things are good. Yeah. Which, that's, that's fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. What do you think is the moral of this story, Stephen? People with too much time on their hands and excess money should not be making movies. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that. Okay. Everyone should make art, except for this guy. <laughs> this guy should go to, should go to therapy. No, no, no. Wait. Instead, actually, no. Everyone should make art because this tells us exactly who this person is. That is true. It is a window into their soul. And you just opened up your entire being, and I hope a lot of people learned who you were from this movie and keep their high school and college age daughters away from you. Yes. My co-host Steven, this is Jared. I feel so bad because I feel like I, I I wanted to talk so much about this and I can't blame anything from this whole thing. For my host, this is Steven. Wow, I broke you. I you didn't break me. The movie broke me. That's true. Bye-bye! Bye-bye! Bye-bye.